Heyo, what's going on TFA fam? Long time no here. We apologize for the little hiatus. Tom and I have been extremely busy uh, this winter season. Uh, I know Cody and Kev have been rocking uh, all the redraft content. And, and now that the redraft season has come to a close, it is time to rebring the dynasty talk to the fantasy circles here as we enter the offseason. And, and that's exactly what we're going to delve into today. For those of you who are listening for the first time, thank you for tuning in. I am Robbie Jeffries, rolling solo tonight, no Tom. Uh, but I wanted to get with you guys and kind of do uh, a little review on the 2021 rookie class, right? We always do these these uh, off-season uh, mocks before we hit our rookie drafts, then we hit our rookie drafts, and then uh, it feels like we just have the season and then we don't talk about these guys again. We look right towards that 2022 class or that upcoming class of rookies, and, and we don't always do revisionist history. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to talk about these 2021 rookies and really do a redrafting of the first round, uh, first 12 picks of how I view these rookies now here as we sit in January of 2022. So we're going to kind of look and see how things have shaken from July 2021, what these rookie drafts look like in that time, and now what I think they should look like here in 2022. And why do we do this? What's the, the point of this exercise? Well, I think a lot of people, like I said, forget about these rookies. They 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 look towards the next class, and, and there's really a a good value to have with sophomore players, right? There, there's some that have been injured. Um, there's been some that had down years. Uh, they, they didn't pop as a rookie. And there's really a, a time to get good value from these guys when people might just be moving on. They don't have that that dynasty mindset. They're thinking redraft and hey, that player didn't produce for me. So, you know, this is where we can look to maybe acquire some people uh, some of these are uh, going to be sophomores that others are fading, or if if maybe some of them are high on a certain player, maybe we can pivot off of them and, and get future capital or other vets. So that's why I like to do this exercise. And and how we're going to kick this off is we're going to go over the the 12, uh, the first round that we saw in July of 2021. Look at that from a super flex perspective, right? So I'm doing super flex on this episode, we'll hit another episode where we will talk, you know, strictly single QB. But um, with a lot of these dynasty leagues doing super flex, I wanted to make sure I hit on this one first. So how did the board look in July of 2021 when most of these rookie drafts are happening? We had at the 101, Trevor Lawrence, of course, right? The Superflex Consensus 101. Um, right behind him actually was Trey Lance, who was third overall to the 49ers, second in our rookie Superflex drafts. Third was Justin Fields, so three quarterbacks right off the rip, one, two, three. And then we had Najee Harris at four, Kyle Pitts at five. And then we had Zach Wilson as that fourth quarterback sliding in at the 106. Travis Etienne at 107. Jamar Chase, which I, I feel like that's kind of interesting. He went a lot higher uh, in most of my leagues than the 108. He is here. 109 was Javante Williams, Mac Jones as the fifth quarterback, five quarterbacks in the first round. I think that's a pretty unprecedented class there. Uh, Devonta Smith at 111 and Trey Sermon, uh, the forgotten hero here uh, from, from the preseason uh, that, that just kind of fell off the bandwagon, if you will, uh, finishes out the first round at 112. 
So this is going off of DLF's ADP. They do four rookie mocks, if you will, in July. And so, again, with Jamar Chase being at 108, in your leagues, he probably went higher. I know in a lot of my leagues, he did go higher. So this isn't exactly how all the leagues shaped out. But for these four mocks, it kind of gives you a good idea of what um, people were doing in July of 2021. And now I want to take you guys through what um, I think, and, and I'd love to hear what you guys think as well. Um, you guys can find me at NFL Robbie on Twitter, the fantasy authority at FF underscore authority. Uh, let us know what you think about this, this redrafting of the first round of the 2021 rookies. Before I get to that, got to tell you guys about Thrive Fantasy. It's uh, been something that I've been playing a ton of uh, since I discovered it kind of midway through this 2021 season. And there's a lot more that you can do with it here with the NFL playoffs right around the corner. Basically, you choose uh, from a list of 20 props, right? Uh, your, your yardage on Josh Jacobs, your passing yardage for Tom Brady, receiving yardage on Mike Evans. Is Zeke Elliott going to score a touchdown or not? Basically, they give you 20 props, and you can choose 10 of them. Uh, then you choose a couple of backups just in case something happens, and then each one is assigned a value, right? If it's more likely to happen, you get a little less points if you pick the over, uh, if it's more likely to hit over. Um, but if you pick the under and, it, and it's more likely to hit over, you get more points for that. So the most points at the end um, ends up getting money, and, and they actually pay out depending on what type of contest you you do. They kind of pay out um, a certain you know, 20% uh, or 10% of, of the entry. So they've awarded over $5 million uh, in, in prizes here. And there's, they just have a lot of fun stuff going on. I actually dive into some of their specific prop bets. I don't always do the contest. So basically with the prop bets, you just have to pick at least two and you can go up to four um, players. And, and all you have to do is, is hit, the, hit them both or hit all three or four correct and, and you pay out. So what I normally do is I pick uh, two over or unders that I think are really, really hot, that are looking really good. And and if I put in, you know, five bucks, my payout is 18. If I put in 10 bucks, you know, my payout is 32. So really you get a really good payout for what you put in and you just have to hit two of them correct. So definitely something that you guys need to check out. If you guys are interested, check them out. Use the promo code TFA. You can sign up today and you'll receive a, a match on your deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you want to put in 50, you're going to get another 50. You want to put in 100, you're going to get another 100. You go to Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up. All right, let's get into round one of my 2021 Rookie Superflex redraft here And my overall theme is going to be preaching patience with these rookies, right? It was a really weird year, kind of like 2020. uh, We had uh, times where these individuals were out due to COVID, weird off seasons, you know, and and I'll be honest, a lot of the situations were really, really bad, especially for the rookie quarterbacks and the rookie running backs. And and that's shocking, right? You know, the, the best anticipated rookies coming in go to the worst situations, huh? Wild concept, right? The worst teams get the best players, but uh, when that happens, we can't always take their um, seasons that maybe didn't live up to what we expected and say, hey, these, these guys are not going to make it. They're, they're going to be busts. They're, they're, they should not be looked at and considered as highly as we did coming into uh, their rookie seasons. And, and I want to make sure that that's a mindset that, that you guys have because it's important to uh, take advantage when people are fading some of these guys that you can come in and get them on the cheap and they will be uh, fantasy producers for you sophomore year, junior year. I mean, we saw it with Josh Allen, right? Two years where he's kind of a shaky, questionable quarterback. We're not sure. And then that junior year, uh, junior year, his third year uh, in the NFL, he absolutely goes nuclear, 
and now he's probably considered the the dynasty, you know, 101 in Superflex, right? Um, a young quarterback who who puts up points on the ground as well as in the air. So um, that that's going to be my my one caveat or, or my one thing for you guys to note um, in in this entire series. So let's kick it off with the 101, the numero uno. And, and after I say all that about not uh, adjusting course too much, the one guy I will uh, bump up, and I know he was 108 in the July mocks for for all of my leagues. He was definitely much higher, 104, 105, um, kind of right there after the first two or three quarterbacks went, and that's Jamar Chase. And so, you know, this this mock from these four mocks that we used um, for that data at the beginning when he was at the 108, you know, that that could have been influenced by his, his minicamp, right? If you guys remember back to Jamar Chase, he had, you know, the drops and people were worried about, you know, if if he had issues, if he had the yips. It, and and so I think that might have uh, affected some of those, those specific four mocks right there. But uh, Chase was the 105 for me in July. And uh, I've done nothing but bump him up, right? I'm taking him here at the 101 because of how much he dominated in 2021. He had 128 targets, 81 receptions, really an insane 1,455 yards. That's 18 yards a catch, guys. That is wild. The college production is there. Physical traits are there, right? His technique is sound. And he's only going to continue to get better, right? Um, the offense is fantastic and really projecting forward. Um, and with Joe Burrow, right, a top 10 NFL quarterback that I'm not afraid to make that statement after, you know, his first nine games as a rookie and then what he did here in his sophomore year, uh, he's not going anywhere, right? So with that 101 pick, the reason I am taking Jamar Chase there is you want to minimize risk with that pick and just there is not a ton of risk uh, when you look at Jamar Chase, right? Uh, he's at a position that's going to play for a while, absolutely dominates and sets records in his rookie season. And that offense and his quarterback are very stable. So uh, he's giving my 101. The 102, uh, this is where I get back to that principal feeling of, of teaching patience with this class of 2021, specifically the quarterbacks. And this player came in with lofty expectations, right? We thought he was going to set the world on fire. The best prospect since Andrew Luck, one of the better prospects since Peyton Manning, right? You know, it, it was probably going to be impossible to live up to, even if he had a better season than he did. And Trevor Lawrence's season was not what we expected, right? It, it got off to a really rocky start, honestly, in the offseason. Again, we think back, Urban Meyer is having him split starter reps, very valuable starter reps for a rookie with incumbent uh, Gardner Minshew. And, and, and that's kind of when we started scratching our heads and saying, is this uh, going to work out here with Urban Meyer? And, and as we know, it did not. There was plenty of botched moves by, by Urban as the season progressed, and he did not make it through the entire season. Uh, it was an absolute circus uh, in, in 2021, and we all know that. Um, Lawrence posts a 59% completion percentage, 300, uh, 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 INTs. It sounds bad, and, and it was bad, right? Uh, we really didn't see him have uh, really honestly a, a solid game until that very last game against the Colts in week 18. But, you know, as, as bad as that stat line uh, sounds and is, it lines up pretty closely with how Peyton Manning's rookie season went, honestly. Uh, other than Peyton Manning have more touchdowns and more interceptions, um, he just had a higher uh, rate of both. You know, the the completion percentage were, were comparable, 59% for Lawrence, 56% uh, for Manning. And honestly, he was a guy that threw uh, more interceptions than he did touchdowns. And, and so what did Manning go on to do in his sophomore year? And, you know, as we know, went on to be a Hall of Famer. 
he cut his interceptions in half uh, in his sophomore year. He went from 56 completion percentage to 62, and he led the Colts to a 13 and three record. Now he also had a guy named Edger James and a guy named Marvin Harrison on his team. So absolutely had a little bit of help there, but I think Trevor Lawrence can, can be on that similar path with a competent coach with Travis Etienne being healthy. And, you know, they have uh, the first overall pick. And if they take a guy like Evan Neal to anchor either their left or right tackle along with Walker little, he's going to have a really, really solid line, honestly, um, where he's not going to have to worry about that line. Like most uh, younger quarterbacks do as they're on a rebuilding team. Uh, he's just going to need to get some weapons, right? Um, so can they can they get him some weapons? That's that's going to be the thing, and and I think they can. So I am not giving up on Trevor Lawrence. I'm not moving him down. I, I guess I technically moved him from the 101 to the 102, uh, but I am still all in on Trevor Lawrence. And I think if people are worried about him, you guys need to go out and look to acquire him. Let's go to the 103 here, uh, and the dialogue surrounding this guy was absolutely just just baffling just kind of funny for me right because there's just so so much hype again we talk about trevor lawrence and the hype with trevor lawrence there was so much hype with one kyle pitts and he falls just shy of mike ditka's record of 1076 yards four tight ends or a rookie tight end i should say um but he absolutely destroys uh kind of the the, the newer era right jeremy shockey's 894 was the record that a lot of people were looking at and he and so kyle pitts gets 1000 and 26 yards on just 68 receptions. That's 15 yards catch, which is unheard of for tight ends. And we, we know why, right? Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver that happens to be at the tight end position, um, a, fa- a fantastic athletic guy. And so some people will, will look at those numbers and they'll say, wow, you know, fantastic year, right? But if, for those of you who had Kyle Pitts in his rookie year, you're probably looking at a season a little bit disappointed. Why? Because of the one touchdown, right? And, and I want to make sure that we are not – faulting him just for one touchdown in his rookie year because as as disappointing as that was for fantasy teams who were competing touchdowns are very very I don't want to say fluky but they vary right you know uh, I get it there are the Julio Joneses of the world where they're never going to be double digit guys they're more of the you know uh, four to eight touchdowns and then you have the the Mike Evans uh, characters who are normally in the eight to twelve range right but uh, Kyle Pitts is definitely a, a touchdown guy but in this offense he was constantly double teamed in the red zone the Falcons were the seventh worst scoring team in 2021. And so the thing I want you guys to take from Kyle Pitts' season is that if he scores just one more touchdown, he would have finished as the tight end four in half PPR scoring in his rookie season on a horrendous Falcons offense. So absolutely, we're going to have Kyle Pitts at, at the 103 here uh, just because he he lived up to expectations and everything except for the touchdowns, right? He did exactly what we, he sh- you know, should have done. And again, that's without Calvin Ridley, right? Calvin Ridley's gone. And and honestly, Calvin Ridley could be gone in the future, right? It looks like Falcons and him aren't seeing eye to eye. Uh, it sounds like he might be on the trade block. So um, it, we can definitely see him um, not being a part of the, the long-term future. Now, will they bring in other guys? Absolutely. And they should, because I think that only helps Kyle Pitts. But the reason I have him up here at the 103 is, is one, we have just an absolute uh, amazing athlete, but then two, we have a position where we know you can produce long into your career, right? We see Travis Kelsey producing at his age 32 season. Uh, Tony Gonzalez was the best tight end in fantasy at his age 32 season. And then Gronk here this year uh, was a tight end four. Yep. Guess his age. It, it was his age 32 season, right? Kyle Pitts just turned 21 in October, people. Like this is going to be a fantastic 
uh, career for him. And, and I'm really excited to see if we can get any semblance of an offense. I know Matt Ryan is, is at the end of his career, so we might have some quarterback questions. But this is a guy that, that's going to overcome a lot, and he did this year and basically was just a touchdown away from being the tight end four. All right, moving to the 104. I'll admit this is not going to look like consensus anymore. You know, the first three, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, everyone's going to probably say those guys in, in some form or fashion are the one, two, three, as we sit here in January of 2022. But I'm going to stick with my mantra of, of poor rookie year play is not going to make me uh, pivot off of some of these guys, right? Uh, I, I know that it, it seems like I'm playing with fire. I'm juggling machetes here. I just want to to give these guys the benefit of the, of the doubt. Like I've seen what they've done at the college level, and I know that if they are put in the right offensive system, that they can have success. And so at the 104, I'm going to take Justin Fields, who we did see a lot of flashes from, right? So he has a lot of work to do, I think, to make the, the leap into fantasy stardom uh, and, and just as an NFL quarterback in general. But we know that he was splitting reps and was really kind of the, the, the guy behind Andy Dalton for most of the offseason. And, and I think that showed, you know, if we wanted to knock fields a little bit coming into the, to the league, it was probably he needed to get better with his progressions. At Ohio State, he was often just going to his first target because of the, the talent around him. Um, but now at the NFL level, sometimes he has to work through those progressions, go to the second and third guy. And he absolutely needs to work on his accuracy because the question was never his, his arm, right? He has a fantastic arm puts the ball on a rope, gets it to his guys, and, and we know the rushing upside, right? And that's what led to his early draft capital for the Bears to move up to get him. But he had to split a lot of these reps with Andy Dalton. Now with Andy Dalton out of the picture, Justin Fields is going to be that the guy, right? And hopefully they bring in an offensive mind that can that can do a little bit more for him uh, than, than what he had here in his rookie year. And I think he's going he's gonna to excel, right? He's going to become – um, a guy that we can learn to trust. And so people are down on Justin Fields if they are moving him down because the consensus, if I'm looking at what most other people are probably doing in their redrafts, if they're ranking these rookies in January like I am, they're not putting him at the 104. They are they are taking some of these other wide receivers. They're taking some of these other running backs. They're, they're fading some of the struggles that Justin Fields has. But he had 420 rushing yards, two scores, and just 10 starts. So that's a great baseline. And then I do think he gets better. I think they have a really good shot to get wide receiver help on day two, early day two, that is, um, in the NFL draft. There's a, a good wide receiver class coming up here. And then, you know, a guy like maybe Juju in free agency. So um, I think he does get help, and, and I'm excited to see what he can do here in 2022 and beyond. All right, going to the 105. So far we have Jamar Chase 101, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Justin Fields, and now – are we finally going to get a running back? Am I crazy for letting these fantastic producing running backs fall this far? Yes, maybe I am, but we are going to finally get to one. Conventional and consensus wisdom probably says, I've gone too long without calling the name of Najee Harris, who compiled over 1,600 yards and 10 scores. But I'm not going to call him right now. I'm going to call Javante Williams above Najee Harris. So let's first discuss you know, why you know, I moved these running backs down a little bit here. I haven't taken the first four picks despite the success we saw from both Najee and Javante, but it's really simple for me. The injury history at the running back position, we saw so many injuries this year. Uh, pile that up with so many split backfields, right? Even the, the Zeeks of the world are splitting carries with Tony Pollard, 
um, injuries to Kamara, Dalvin Cook, CMC, uh, Derrick Henry, right? There, there's just a uh, high injury history at the position. There's a high rate of split backfields. And then the years of productivity at the running back position, right? I just talked about how tight ends are producing in their age 32 season. We all know quarterbacks can play into their 40s. And running backs on the other end of the spectrum are starting to trail off at the back end of their 20s. So that is going to lower these guys down a little bit for me in Dynasty. So so why do I have Javante up here at 105, given all that said? And why do I have him over Najee? And, and it's really first his age, right? He is going to be turning 22 in April. So he's going to be kind of the same age as some of these running backs that are coming out here in 2022. And secondly, Melvin Gordon is a free agent, scheduled to be a free agent, right? Could Denver, could they bring him back? Absolutely. Um, but if not, man, it is going to be wheels up for Javante. Would he get all of the carries in 2022? Probably not. But can he improve on the 203 carries, 903 yards, and four scores that he had in 2021? I think absolutely he can. And let's not forget kind of the unsung hero part of his game is 43 receptions, right? This guy is really a dual threat running back where we wouldn't really think that because when he split time with Michael Carter, we kind of viewed Michael Carter as that receiving back. Well, Javante did it in his own right. He's a very underrated pass catcher. And that showed with 43 receptions, 316 yards through the air. So if Denver can improve at the quarterback position, can you imagine if they get an Aaron Rodgers? They do have the cap space. They have a seventh most cap space going into 2022 if they can upgrade the quarterback position if they let melvin gordon walk man it is really really exciting to think of what javante williams could do for the next handful of seasons so he's a successful back in his rookie year he actually had the the number one um, broken tackle rate um, despite only getting 203 carries and so can he dominate for the next half decade I think he can. That's why he gets the 105 ranking, and that might be too low if all this does come to fruition. All right, it's finally time to get Najee Harris out of the green room in this rookie draft. You guys can think back to when Big Ben or Aaron Rodgers are just sitting in the green room as, as name after name gets called, and they're just sulking there, waiting, waiting, waiting to get picked. They're getting pissed off, right? We, we remember that Aaron Rodgers look, and, and the same was probably happening for Najee Harris, but I'm getting him out of the green room picking him here at the 106. And, and now, you know, Najee was, was probably the top running back off the boards in, in Superflex or in rookie drafts in general. We saw when I was looking at the July ADP that he came off the board at the 104. Uh, and, and he was absolutely a, a, a compiler this year. Like he had fantastic numbers, right? He had, you know, over 300 carries. He has 1,600 yards. He has 97 targets, right? He has 74 receptions. Like he was an absolute baller for the Steelers. Kind of kind of their their offensive MVP, right? With Big Ben on his last legs, Chase Claypool not being able to find the end zone, uh, Juju going out to injury early. You know, Najee was was an absolute compiler, right? And so I don't want to knock him too much, but I do want to note that Javante does have an extra two years on him, right? So Najee enters his age 24 season. Javante is only going in at age 22. So even though Najee had the better season, had way more touches, um, I understand all that. But I'm going to look at these two guys for the longer term, right? This is dynasty. I'm not just going to look at one year. And Javante's outlook honestly looks way better, especially with what he was able to do with his touches compared to what Najee was able to do with his touches. And this isn't a knock on Najee, right? Najee did everything he could to break two or three tackles just to get positive yardage, right? 
he, he is 1.7 yards before contact was only better than Mark Ingram and James Conner. So he is getting hit behind the line so frequently because of just how poor the run blocking is. So that isn't going to get worse. It's most likely going to get better. And, and Najee ranks sixth in attempts for broken tackle. So that's just showing you how much he did with how a little he was given in the run game. And so I do think that that improves. And that's why I kind of keep him right here in, in the middle upper um, area of the, the super flex mock but I'm going to knock him down just below Javante because I like what I saw from Javante a, a little bit more. And I like where that offense could be heading as opposed to the Steelers offense with, I don't know what's happening with the line. Big Ben's going to retire a lot of uncertainty at that position. So um, there's just a lot of questions surrounding him. The only thing that, that I really love about him is a, his talent and then B uh, his workload, right? It looks rock solid. So one Oh six is where Naj is going to go. So the 107 is where I have a little bit of a tear break. Um, it's pretty clear of a tear break, honestly. There's a little drop-off after Najee where these next guys have a lot more question marks around them, um, and they're all pretty close. So as I as I call some of these out, I'm, I'm open to arguments, and I want to hear from you guys as well on, okay, if you guys would take somebody different at 107 or 108 as we go through these. But these guys are really close. Um, but I think the guy for me at 107 here is Jalen Waddle. You know, he he's – Next up, because I, I basically saw him be a wide receiver one, or at least have that wide receiver one potential on uh, on a Dolphins offense where it wasn't a prolific passing offense. It wasn't even a prolific offense, right? They struggled running the ball for sure. One of the worst running games in the NFL in 2021. But man, he sets the rookie record in catches, 104 catches. He barely surpasses a uh, thousand yards, but there's absolutely efficiency there with him catching 75% of the passes thrown his way. And, and he finishes as a wide receiver 16 rookie year average passing offense. I like Tua, but I would probably put him as an average quarterback right now. Um, and he just showed command for being, uh, I, I'm going to say an alpha wide receiver. It sounds weird from 170 pound, 175 pound wide receiver, but he, he really was an alpha wide receiver. And I understand that will Fuller missed time and Devonte Parker missed time. Um, I, I just really don't don't care. He's a he's a top end wide receiver that's going to be a, a top end wide receiver in 2022. And I think he gets better. Right. Uh, his, his production yardage wise has a lot of room for growth with his explosive ability. Right. We remember Jalen Waddle at Alabama. He's an explosive down the field speedster. And we really saw him play more of a, of a Jarvis Landry type of role, which he obviously excelled at. But I know that there is room for improvement. And, and so you know, with Brian Flores out, do they bring in an offensive-minded coach? Uh, only time will tell. But I do think that Jalen Waddle has an upward trajectory um, for his career. So finishing as a wide receiver 16 rookie year uh, has room to improve. I think we have a wide receiver one in the future that's kind of underrated a little bit. Maybe maybe like a T. Higgins going into his sophomore year. Um, obviously way different players, but that type of, hey, he had a quietly good rookie year can he really excel and break out in his sophomore year? So I really like Jalen Waddle. He's going to be the 107 for me. All right, at the 108, I say it before with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and I'm going to keep harping on it. I'm just not dinging quarterbacks that much for their play in 2021. Um, I'm just not. And, and that's going to go the same for my QB3 in this class. I had him as the QB3 in July, and I'm going to keep him as the QB3 now. And this is not consensus. A lot of people are going to have another name kind of actually as their QB2, QB3, um, depending on, on what league you're in. But I'm going to have Zach Wilson as my QB3. And, and 
you know, he had a lot of tough games. He had some rough games in 2021. I, I can admit that. We all saw it. But over the last six games, he really managed to kind of turn into a different type of rookie quarterback, right? He didn't light the world on fire. He wasn't Justin Herbert in his second half of his rookie year. But he was a guy that learned to take care of the football, right? I think the number one issue with our rookie quarterbacks is can they limit their turnovers? And that was something that he was really bad at in the first half. But in these last six games, he only had two turnovers and he scored seven times. So we start to we started to see Zach Wilson, you know, become a game manager that that doesn't turn the ball over, but does enough to keep his team. And we have to remember that the Jets on paper do not have this this starting roster of offensive weapons, right? We're talking about Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, two rookies who showed flashes, but past that, we're looking at Corey Davis, who who got injured halfway through the year, Jamison Crowder, who was in and out of the lineup, uh, Ty Johnson, right? Tevin Coleman, like there are not a lot of big names on this offense to give Zach Wilson the help that he probably needed in his rookie year. For him to be able to, to kind of take that step in, this, in the last six games of the year, I thought that was really impressive, um, especially with the hand that he was dealt um, with, with that Jets offense. And as they enter 2022 with the fifth most cap space, uh, they have four draft picks in the top 40 picks, which is just fantastic. I think they're going to be able to get a lot of pieces, probably for both the defense and the offense. The, the What he does have going for him is a, a fairly decent offensive line, right? He has the ability to take another step in his sophomore season. So even though he struggled along with Lawrence, along with Fields, I am giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, He's going to be the only one out of those three that retains his offensive coordinator and the same playbook um, where both Lawrence and Fields will be learning uh, something new in their second year with new coaches, new uh, playbooks most likely. So I know that this will be the one that people disagree with the most, but I, I, I want to make sure that we are looking at a dynasty mindset, right? When we are taking this draft with a dynasty mindset, I don't want the Instapot method, right? The Instapot mindset. You you set it and it's done right away and you get results instantly. No, not everything clicks in year one. Some things take time. So we're going old school. We're going to the old school conventional oven where things take a little bit of time. Okay. We're slow cooking. And I think that's what's going to happen with with Lawrence Fields, who who I have a little bit higher, and then Zach Wilson, um, who I do think will get better with better personnel around him, get some better players, and he can become a fantasy asset. All right, at the 109, this is where it's just getting really, really close for me. I've got three names here that I really like. I can make a case for any of them, but when it comes to you know, splitting hairs. I'm going to take my guy, the guy that I, you know, personally like and have on a lot, a lot of my teams um, in my super flex leagues. And that is Rashad Bateman. He, he was injured to start the year, right? He comes in midway through the year and he really looks the part of an NFL wide receiver in the 12 games that he played, you know, at the top of this, I talked about the, the risks that you, that you have in any given player, right? The one-on-one, you don't want to have any risks as you work down. And really, when we hit that 107, um, you're going to have more risks, right? And and to be fair, Rashad Bateman has has his fair share of risks, right? I don't think they're his fault, uh, and they're probably situational. But right now, he's on a Ravens team that loves to be run first when they can, right? And with J.K. Dobbins coming back in 2022, most likely they are going to return to being Lamar Jackson, uh, J.K. Dobbins run first offense. And I understand that. Also, he is contending with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown for the targets, on a run first uh, offense, right? So I I understand that there's risks in his situation, but I'm always going to take the talent 
over uh, the situation because situations are so fluid in the NFL. Injuries happen. Personnel change. And, and so when, I mean, we got to think back to AJ Brown. This is, this is what I constantly talk about um, when I talk dynasty and being patient, right? AJ Brown gets drafted to the, to the Titans. Um, at the time, Corey Davis was there. Ryan Tannehill was not the, the decent, you know, quarterback that we know him to be. He was kind of just arriving there or it might've even been Marcus Mariota. I, I forget who was the starter there. But A.J. Brown goes to his run first, Derrick Henry-led offense with Corey Davis, you know, also there to, to eat targets, and Johnny Smith. And so people were down on, on A.J. Brown. But uh, we have to remember that the talent always wins out. And so I'm going to stick with, with Rashad Bateman, and I'm going to say, I don't know what happens to Marquise Brown in a couple of years, right? He is in the fourth year of his contract. I believe being a first-round pick, they have the option to pick up his fifth year. But, um, again, situations are, are fluid. I want, I want to take the talent here. Rashad Bateman showed he is an NFL caliber wide receiver. I like that he does everything well. He has really no weaknesses to his game. And so him being a my guy, I'm going to take him here at the 109. All right, we're starting to get to the back end of the first round. And I understand that, that many who have been listening are probably appalled that they have not heard a certain name yet. The name of Trey Lance, the third pick in the actual 2021 NFL draft. Uh, and let me be very clear, I am not dropping Trey Lance from my July rankings to my January rankings. I just harped and harped on how I'm not letting 2021 affect these quarterbacks' rankings that much, and, and Trey Lance is no exception. I've just really never been a Trey Lance guy to begin with. For me, he was in this range um, in July for me, and so I really haven't dropped him at all. I am different from consensus where consensus had him at the 102, some had him at the 103 behind fields. They most consensus probably had him as a top five pick. I'm a little bit different. I was the one who, when everyone's looking at his ceiling, what can he do as a run first quarterback? We see him in the ilk of a Lamar Jackson esque player. I was saying things like, Hey, he's a run first quarterback who played 17 games at an FCS level with his biggest competition being James Madison university, right? With only 300 passing attempts in his entire collegiate career. At the FCS level, you know, we saw an extremely raw passer uh, get drafted as, as the, the third overall pick to a situation where a lot of people loved him going to a Kyle Shanahan offense. And while I can get down with that, Kyle Shanahan has really been known as kind of that running backs whisperer, a, a running back, a running team. I get it when he was with Matt Ryan. He has Matt Ryan being MVP quarterback, but Matt Ryan and Trey Lance couldn't be more different uh, of quarterbacks. So um, when I see Kyle Shanahan offense, I think running and running back, and obviously that's that plays as Trey Lance's strength. But uh, for him to have success, he's going to have to be a passer and an accurate passer in the NFL. So, like I said, I'm not knocking him for his 2021 performance. Honestly, I, I expected him to sit out the entire year. A lot of people were saying, "Hey, he can he can take over for Jimmy G. He can he can be starter on day one." I wasn't buying it. I was not buying it. We just had too much for him to do after not playing really football the entire 2020 season. He had one game against Central Arkansas in which he struggled mightily. Uh, again, it's, it's Central Arkansas. James Madison University is his top competition he's going against. Um, and he really only played when Jimmy uh, Garoppolo got injured. So um, outside of the games he did start for, for Jimmy G, it was, it was going to be a redshirt year. And we saw he did struggle in the past, but he did have success on the run, uh, on the ground. So while I, while I say all this, and it sounds like I'm just the, the biggest Trey Lance critic, and, and maybe I am, I don't know, 
but I do see a path for him being successful in the NFL. And that's why I still have him as a first round super flex pick because we've seen dual threat quarterbacks dominate in fantasy. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. These are names of quarterbacks who are dominating because of their dual threat ability, right? Again, the, the issue is, though, that Trey Lance is just an even more raw prospect than Kyler Murray was coming out. Kyler Murray only started 20 games, but he still had over 200 more passes in college, and he played against the likes of Alabama, Texas, and Baylor. That's just a bit of a step up from James Madison University in, in Central Arkansas, right? And uh, then I look at Lamar Jackson, and, and he was criticized for his accuracy issues coming out. You know, should he even be a quarterback? Should he play tight end? Should he play a different position? Trey Lance is probably less accurate, was less accurate coming into the NFL uh, than Lamar Jackson was, right? And, and again, playing against different competitions. So I guess my main point is that Trey Lance deserves to be a first-round Superflex pick because he has the potential. If he can figure out how to work through his progressions, if he can work uh, to diagram different coverages, pre-snap movement, um, and, then, and then be accurate in his throws at the NFL level, he absolutely can, can join that ilk of players that I just referenced. Um, but right now I view him as a kind of a knockoff brand of Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is a quarterback who had some really up games, some really down games this year as the Eagles started in 2021. And is, is, he's probably uh, his job is probably in question, right, in 2022. If this was a better uh, 2022 rookie class, he'd probably be uh, supplanted. But we'll see what the Eagles do in the draft. Will they take a shot on, on one of these quarterbacks and, and have it kind of be a competition room? Or does Jalen Hurts get another year? Um, I think he probably has done enough to deserve another year. So as much as I see Trey Lance's ceiling like everybody else, I also realize the downside in the floor being kind of rock bottom uh, if he cannot figure out the passing side uh, of his game at the NFL level. So uh, wax poetic there on, on Trey Lance for, for a little bit, um, but he does deserve to be a first-round pick in Superflex. Let me know if you guys disagree. I know many people will. This is uh, definitely the minority take uh, on Trey Lance. So moving on, the 111, uh, I, I can't tell you guys how bummed I was when I saw Travis Etienne go down to the Liz Frank injury in the offseason. Um, I think he personally summed it up best uh, recently when he said he, it's like going to a birthday party and you don't get to eat the cake, right? He, he missed out on something that was we were all excited for. Um, but I think that same excitement that we had before his injury, we can just, hey, hit the reset button. Let's get re-excited for 2022 for Etienne because, you know, he goes to uh, an offense, again, that was shaky with Trevor Lawrence, but can they bring in an offensive-minded coach? Can Trevor Lawrence take that next step now that he has Travis Etienne as his, as his running back? Uh, James Robinson, you know, unfortunately suffered that Achilles injury at the end um, of their Jaguar season in, in mid to late December. So he's probably going to be rehabbing all the way up until uh, the start of the season. So, you know, it looks like Travis Etienne will be that running back to have and especially in the first half of the season, probably the, the only running back that probably matters in, in the Jaguars offense. Maybe James Robinson mixes back in mid and then back in, in the late of 2022. So really excited about his future. He's going to be forgotten uh, by a lot of people. And don't let that happen to you because the only thing better than, than you know, some of these sophomore uh, discounts just based on poor play or something like that is an injury discount, right? And so not only does Travis Etienne have the forgotten sophomore discount, he's going to have the injury discount and you need to take advantage of it. Make sure if people are down on him, they want to move him for cheap. You pick him up. All right. Last, but certainly not least Elijah Moore. He is sneaking in to the first round for me at the 112 spot. 
he was a, a dynasty darling for a lot of people, right? Um, and he really proved it um, in the middle of the season from, from weeks eight to 13. He was the overall wide receiver two, not a wide receiver two, the wide receiver two behind only Justin Jefferson and half PPR. And this is on, uh, we said it was Zach Wilson. This is on a Jets offense who actually didn't even have Zach Wilson. They were, they were down to their third string quarterback, Mike White. Um, so, so not, you know, the, the, the top of the line quarterback play, nobody else really around him other than really Michael Carter. And, and I, I think Elijah Moore really showed that he was legit. And when he and Zach Wilson get together um, and get more reps together, I think they're only going to both improve and get better. You know, Wilson loves his slot wide receivers. We saw a couple games with, uh, Jameson Crowder, where he was productive. We saw quite a few games with Braxton Berrios, where he was able to to make Braxton Berrios uh, a DFS play. So um, with Elijah Moore just being a much better uh, route runner than both of those guys, more electric, um, his separation is, is I, I honestly want to say elite. He is one of the better separators um, in the NFL already. Um, I'm excited what they can bring to the table here in 2022. Um, as they continue to get better. And if Corey Davis comes back, they draft some more offensive weapons. Uh, I, I definitely think the Jets, both Wilson and Elijah Moore, will improve. So I'm really excited for him, and that's why he makes it into the first round, gets bumped up from a second-round value here in July. That's it, folks. That's it. That's all I've got. That is 12 players, your first-round Superflex rookie redraft. Here as we sit in January of 2022, um, let me know what you guys thought. Okay. I know it's not consensus, but if I wanted to be consensus, I would just repost what everybody else is saying right here at TFA. We'd like to say, you know, what we think, and we, we're going to be different and we're going to argue and we're going to have good discussion because that's, that's what makes us different from a lot of these other channels. So please uh, engage with us, reach out TFA's Twitter again is at FF underscore authority. Reach out to me personally at NFL Robbie on Twitter, uh, you know, heckle Tom a little bit, my co-host at dynasty infidel. We have a ton of off-season dynasty content coming your way. So look for us to, to do some wrap-up on 2021. I always think it's good to review, see where we were wrong, see where we were right. How can we improve on our processes? Who had a fantastic season that we think might not have a great 2022 or maybe dips back down to the mean or regresses down to the mean? And who struggled in 2021 that we can see um, increasing their stock here in 2022? We're also going to dive into NFL prospects. Right now, our crew is grinding the tape on these guys, trying to get a good feel. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm working through the running backs right now, and I know people are down this class. No top-end quarterback that's going to go you know, in the first five picks most likely, um, but I do like this wide receiver class. I do think that there are some talented running backs in this class as well. Um, working my way through Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker right now. And they do have some good, nice prospects. Maybe not elite prospects like a Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, or Jonathan Taylor, but we will have productive fantasy assets, so you need to stay tuned. Keep it locked at the TFA Dino Show all offseason. Uh, make sure you check out Thrive Fantasy. Again, that code is TFA. They will match up to $100 of your deposit. It's a ton of fun. Jump into the Discord, link in the description. We're always chatting about props in there as well, what we're doing on Thrive Fantasy. So appreciate you all tuning in. One day when the tongue in his tongue will take a leak and go
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.